Welcome to the Error Bar, scraping through the brain news barrel bottom. In this episode, the biggest brain scanning study ever, how the error bar was wrong, how magnetically stimulating the head is distracting, and some vaguely interesting news stories. Here is the brain news on the 23rd of May, 2022. Biggest brain scan study ever. The leading science magazines, New Scientist, Scientific American, and the Daily Mail all reported on the largest ever study to create a reference database of human brain growth across the whole lifespan. A remarkably huge 124,000 brain scans were combined into lovely curvy lines showing how the brain changes size and composition over time. Continuing a theme, 2022 seems to be the year of big data at the Erebar. We had the 1.8 million adults doing the implicit association test, badly, 50,000 brains in a study suggesting, unjustifiably, that most other scanning studies were too small, now a majestic 124,000 more. The scientific paper in Nature magazine was written by 201 scientists. My mind boggles at the effort, coordination and computing power it took to assemble and manipulate this dataset. Is this the biggest, beautifulest data of them all? Yes. Unlike the two previous big data studies where the Erebar had quibbles and concerns, here I take off my hat. This is big, beautiful, simple science. No strong claims seem to be made, rather the data are just put out there for all to see. Scientific journals and societies often have requirements that new papers must be driven by a clear hypothesis, must test a theory experimentally, or make some theoretical advance. Such journals may explicitly refuse to publish merely observational studies. Studies that just ask what things are like and how they change. Would these lowly technical journals refuse to publish something like this paper? A merely observational data gathering exercise, but on a massive, magnificent scale. Conclusion, behold the big data. The science was by Bethlehem et al. in Nature, reported in The New Scientist. The error bar was wrong. Approximately once per year, the error bar makes a mistake. This year's mistake was made in episode 27, specifically in the story reported by the New Scientist about how brain scanning studies are usually too small to find reliable results. I summarised that news article and the scientific paper it was based upon in my headline, All Brain Studies Are Too Small, because of the way I have set up the error bar website, the database and the code that automatically creates tweets and posts them on the web, this came out on Twitter as All brain studies are too small, says the new scientist. But they did not say that. This was a Twitter bot malfunction, and I apologise. What the new scientist did say is, first, that brain scanning studies are usually too small to find reliable results. This headline is too vague. It doesn't mention the specific kind of study that was relevant. It's not all kinds of brain scanning study, just some kinds. The article's subtitle clarified which studies were relevant, but went on to make a statistical mistake. It read, Most studies that have used MRI machines to find links between the brain's structure or function and complex mental traits had an average of 23 participants, but thousands are needed to find reliable results. The first part of the subtitle doesn't make sense. Most studies don't have the average number. The average is calculated across all studies. The second part of the headline is also impossible to verify. 
unless we are certain about the true relationships that exist, something that almost never happens in science, how can we possibly say we don't have enough data, or that the data we do have are unreliable? I am picking holes, of course, but these holes matter to me. My impression from reading both the original article and the news coverage was that the central claim is that most brain scanning studies of this kind were too small. I don't agree. Reanalyzing three large and unfocused brain scanning studies and searching for post hoc brain and behavior correlations can tell us only that the data from those three studies were not sufficient. If we repeated exactly those three studies, we would need thousands of MRI scans to find the post hoc effects that the Nature paper found. But what it doesn't tell us is how many MRI scans you would need if you had a better or even the ideal dataset. The true effect sizes are out there to be discovered, and we should not be dissuaded by the claim that you will need thousands of scans. Conclusion To err is human. Zapping brain improves language. TheScientist.com reports briefly on a brain stimulation and artificial language study which claims that distracting people improves learning. In the paper, participants listened to a stream of seemingly random words and syllables that combined into words while they are watching the video Planet Earth with the sound off. Before listening to these novel sounds, the participants' heads were stimulated with a powerful electromagnet 600 times in 30 seconds. The aim of this was to disrupt the cognitive mechanisms in the brain that normally prevent us from learning these random sounding sounds. These cognitive mechanisms are thought to be in the prefrontal cortex, an important part of the brain involved in thinking. The results are a little hard to wade through, but the headline finding is that brain stimulation, or cognitive distraction, makes you better at learning these new hidden word sounds. Brain stimulation done on a different, also less distracting brain area was used as a comparison. Is disruption good for language learning? Maybe. I struggled to follow the logic and the results a little bit. Language is not really my topic. But brain stimulation is. So let me just say this. After 40 years of brain stimulation research, it is, frankly, weird that scientists are still not using sensible control or comparison conditions. When the head is stimulated with an electromagnet, some locations on the scalp produce almost no sensations or muscle twitches. Other locations produce strong contractions in the scalp, face, jaw or neck. Some locations produce pain. If you're stimulating a scalp location with some of these side effects, it would be basic scientific good practice to choose a control or a comparison location that had a similar level of twitchiness, pain and distraction. Especially if your study is about distraction. It is a puzzle, then, that some researchers still use the top of the head, the so-called vertex, as a control location when that spot is among the least annoying locations, as a comparison for the prefrontal cortex, which is one of the more annoying locations. In a second error, the authors of this study referred to a paper in support of the particular kind of brain stimulation that they used, but this cited paper did not use what they said it did, nor did they find the results that the authors said they found. Conclusion? Details, people. Details. The Science was by Smala et al. in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, reported in The Scientist. Brain News Roundup 
the error bar has been closed for several months. I'm sorry. I have kept myself busy writing, submitting, and publishing papers and working on the book. More on those stories in future episodes. For now, in place of a well-researched brain news story, here are three somewhat interesting pieces of news. First, the Daily Mail asked if the cause of hunger-related human irrationality, or hangriness, has finally been found. The answer is no, because the study they are referring to was about the MML1 and HLH30 transcription factors in 1mm long worms, not about human hunger or rationality. Second, the journal Perception, founded by the late Professor Richard Gregory in 1972, celebrated his 50th birthday. If you're after illusions, historical anecdotes and sensory science, then Perception is the journal for you. And finally, just in time for the English summer garden party season, the Daily Mail helpfully promotes the exceptionally high quality and unbiased science that lies behind the announcement from a leading high street sandwich maker and a leading potato crisp or chip manufacturer that chicken tikka and ready salted crisps or chips are optimal in sandwiches. Conclusion, the news can only get better. The science, what little there was, was reported in the Daily Mail. It's closing time at the Error Bar, but do drop in next time for more brain news, fact-checking and neuro-opinions. Take care. The Error Bar was devised and produced by Dr Nick Holmes from the University of Nottingham. The music by D. Yankee is available from the free music archive. Find us at theerrorbar.com, on Twitter at Bar Error, or email talk at theerrorbar.com. <laughs>